and welcome to TXS podcast. I'm Catherine Morton, Head of Trade, Treasury and Risk at TXF. I'm joined today by Gabrielle Comange, who is Deputy Secretary of the French Ministry of Finance, DG Trésor. Gabrielle, hello. Hello, how are you? Oh, well, indeed. So how have you been responding or changing your offering amid the current COVID-19 crisis? Well, um, I would say first thing, of course, is that with a crisis of such magnitude and which is a symmetric shock to many industries uh, throughout the world, the first answer from an ECA point of view and uh, finance ministry point of view is that these public ECAs should play their counter-cyclical role, say, uh, as a shock absorber and also as a lender of last resort. So the first change that we have made and decided is not to change anything at all and keep open for business and taking as benevolent an approach as possible to demands by companies, French companies or uh, or customers worldwide for new cover and or for restructuring on existing cover and existing projects. The second, uh, the second answer now um, is that, of course, uh, with such a crisis, you need to go to further length in terms of public action to help cash on the shock. Um, so basically what we've been doing and what's been announced by Minister Bruno Le Maire is that we targeted specific measures of higher covering percentages for SMEs, notably, that might face liquidity issues. And second thing, because on the, in the French ECA system, usually we do not uh, have a short-term business uh, contrary to other uh, other ECAs, um, we've uh, restarted a, a mechanism that has worked in the 2008 crisis after Lehman. Uh, that is a reinsurance mechanism for short-term uh, private insurers so that their uh, short-term lines are not cut for SMEs, notably that are a lot dependent on that. I would say there will be a third, uh, a third uh, action, uh, but it will come in a later phase, uh, which is to start already right now to think about the recovery phase, because the pandemics by itself is by nature a transitory phase, uh, albeit very, very violent and very, very strong. Uh, but it will end sometime, and then we will uh, get back to some kind of normal economy, probably with a big uh, worldwide recession. Uh, and that's where in this recovery phase, in a very, very down uh, macro environment, uh, public backing by ECAs will be critical. So that would be our, our change uh, in offering uh, amid the crisis. Interesting. I mean, just as a slightly supplemental question to that, we, we saw yesterday that uh, the um, European Commission had put out guidance on marketable and non-marketable risks and open, basically opening up the uh, marketable risks uh, area. Is that something you guys are responding to as well? Yeah, uh, we are definitely responding to that. We've been responding to the to the request uh, for uh, feedback by the European Commission on that point, and we des- definitely pushed them to open to to all markets uh, the possibility to intervene with public instruments because 
we felt this was needed. Uh, exporters told us that this was needed and private insurance companies uh, told us it was needed. So we are definitely making use of all of the leeway that is permitted by the uh, temporary crisis rules by the uh, European Commission in terms of state aid, uh, be it on that front or on the front of getting uh, more uh, more coverage uh, for uh, for SMEs. Interesting. Just moving on to the the actual structure of what you do nowadays. I mean, since, since Cofas moved into BPI France, how's that changed what uh, what you offer to to exporters? Well, um, there, uh, I mean, it's uh, I would say from our on our side, and um, even more for for the operational guys at BPI. Uh, this is already history, right? Uh, because it's it dates back to uh, 2017, and now we changed worlds. Uh, but no, it changed two main thing, two main things uh, in two ways. Uh, the first one is we are now uh, uh, in a capacity to offer much more comprehensive approach to SMEs going international. French SMEs are medium-sized companies wanting to expand their business abroad. Uh, which wasn't really the case with a with instruments being divided between BPI as the public investment bank on the one hand and COFAS um, dealing with the ECA business on the other. So that's the first change. The second change and is a much much better coverage of small and medium sized companies in France in various territories afar from Paris, because uh, COFAS didn't have a coverage throughout the country, whereas uh, there is something like 48 to 50 branches of BPI throughout uh, throughout uh, French territories and regions, where they are in close contact with a, the original networks of the big banks. And that's where the leverage is for SMEs. So in a way, the transfer from CAFAS to BPI got us a lot more um, a lot more outreach power uh, towards SMEs than was the case before. It didn't really change the way we approach uh, the support to big companies or big projects, where we are still relying a lot on the very, very, uh, 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 very, very good expertise uh, of COFAS teams and now BPI assurance export teams. Uh, and they have accumulated a lot of expertise, typically in fields like aircrafts, cruise ships, military, uh, or big infrastructure projects. And that's where we're still very, very active. Um, some new products have been also uh, launched uh, since the transfer from COFAS to BPI. But mainly there, the idea is to keep being, uh, being very, very proactive in support of big projects with an honors on SMEs, which was a weakness probably of the French offer so far. Interesting. Coming back a little bit to, to, to the current crisis, I guess a lot of things have been parked or put to one side, but um, I guess when we do come back to, to normal, how, how successful has, has agency-backed finance been at implementing sustainable development goals and environmental social governance. Um, is this on track despite the, uh, the crisis? Um, yeah, I mean, a first thing uh, on uh, the successful implementation of SDGs and ECGs, uh, ESGs by, uh, by, uh, by uh, agency-backed finance. Um, 
I would say, uh, coming myself from a background uh, of uh, international financial institutions and uh, multilateral issues, um, I'm quite impressed, uh, I have to say, by the way, that the culture of environmental and social uh, uh, issues and um, measuring the impact with due diligences is now fully part of the DNA of the community of uh, export finance. Um, also, with the rise in blended finance projects, uh, along with MDBs or DFIs, it helps getting accustomed to, to, to that, uh, that kind of issues. Um, so I think, yes, this is definitely on track, but there is still quite a lot of work to do also. And to me and to the French government, it is absolutely key not to pose or not to drop the efforts because of the crisis. Um, as I said before, I think the crisis per nature is temporary. I mean, the pandemics won't be there uh, eternally, but it will, of course, have a profound impact on the global economy and the global value chains um, afterwards. So typically talking about, I take an example, talking about sovereign, I mean, project, big projects uh, backed by uh, sovereign countries. Um, Probably uh, after the pandemics have passed in the next two, three, four years, we will see more defaults or restructuring uh, of public debts due to the global recession and the global impact of the pandemics. I mean, of course, this will need to be dealt with, uh, with as stringent as possible principles. But then after those restructuring, ECAs, to my view, will be part of the solution to rekindle those economies afterwards. And that's where we will need to be absolutely on track to implement the SDGs and the ASGs. So that's where it is key that ECAs do not stop efforts to get on the best standards in terms of uh, environmental and social impact of the project that they do find. I guess uh, we could sort of dig down a little bit deeper then in terms of the how, how likely are changes to incentivize the delivery of sustainability goals, for, for instance. Do, do, do you expect reductions in ECA premiums for green project borrowers, um, exclusions from ESIA evaluations, and, and how, how likely are ESG tied debt to sustainability linked loans to become a tangible reality for export finances, uh, as we've seen a lot in, in commodity finance? Um, well, there, um, answering your, your first question, I mean, the global question, will there be changes uh, to, 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 to put incentives for sustainable and, uh, and environmental issues? The short answer is yes. Um, and yes, uh, because uh, the French government is already committed to ask for such changes in the regula regulatory framework, in the common disciplines of the OECD arrangement, um, and to put in place such incentives uh, at the French level for the French ECA. As you might know, um, I mean, the French parliament last year introduced a specific provision in the 2020 budget bill stating, I mean, in short, that the French ECA should be made use of, I mean, should be used as a leverage to um, make ECA financing contribute to the transition to the, towards zero carbon economy. 
Um, so Minister Bruno Le Maire has made it one of its key political objectives for in 2020 in that regard. And one of the key political objectives will be to help set up a global coalition of critical mass of ECAs and countries pushing in that direction. So that's broadly speaking, but this is a, it has become a really a key topic for us and one of the overarching objectives of the, the whole ECA business uh, in France. So I would say going a little bit more in detail, uh, in concrete terms, um, we see three, I mean, three main efforts to be done in the coming years. The first one is on the methodology. So uh, measuring your own, uh, your own carbon footprint and your own carbon impact. Because we started digging in that, um, uh, looking at the portfolio of, uh, of BPI Assurance Expo. Um, and it's not entirely, uh, entirely clear how you deal with some specifics of the, uh, of the trade uh, and of the, uh, the export finance business. There are some methodological issues that need to be dealt with and it's a common effort. Typically, I mean, uh, we've been adhering, BPI has been um, adhering to the Poseidon principles that have been launched last year by a couple of banks to measure uh, your, uh, the carbon footprint of your sh uh, shipbuilding portfolio, uh, shipping portfolio compared to uh, the objectives uh, over time set up by the uh, maritime uh, international maritime organization. So this is a first part in the efforts to to refine the methodology. And there, I would say, uh, all that's happening uh, on the market uh, with uh, ESG tied debt uh, and uh, or transition bonds or that kind of discussions is really interesting uh, because it opens new perspectives. But of course, um, we will need to look at it through the lenses of very stringent methodologies, because as you know, there is still a lot of different ways to approach, uh, to approach uh, the carbon footprint, footprint measurement. Some are uh, rigorous, some are not, and it will take some time for the market to and authorities to discriminate between uh, valid methodologies and methodologies that are not really conducive to the objective of the Paris Agreement. So that's a really, I mean, uh, I, would, I would say nerdy um, and technocratic uh, effort, but uh, to us it's really key because this is a long-standing effort, so you need to rely on sound methodological basis. Um, the, second, uh, the second effort is the one you are referring to. So positive incentives for the industry, um, for the finance, export finance industry, for the uh, industry in, in each countries, and for the recipient countries, um, to go greener uh, and to get to a path of uh, decarbonized uh, growth. Um, there, I would say, I will be maybe a little bit uh, caricatural, but from a, a public authority point of view, the key issue is not green projects. Uh, it's gray or brown projects. Let me explain. Um, green projects, of course, there is a lot, already a lot of liquidity and a lot of appetite uh, in the private sector to cover that. So I don't say that uh, incentive by public agencies and by ECAs is not required. 
So we will step up our own efforts on the French side to do more green projects because having gone through our portfolio, so far we have less than 1% of BPI portfolio that would qualify as green and renewable energy. So we, we can do much, much more. But at the same time, as I said, ECIs are lenders of last resort. And so you're the guys who are supposed to fill in where the private sector does not want to go anymore. So in the future, the question will be, who is supposed to deal with those companies or those SMEs that are in a gray zone or that are still a lot of brown activities and that need to get some help in order to invest? in new technologies that are greener and to shift their business from less brown activities to more green activities. So there is uh, uh, there is uh, something to do there that needs to be supported by, um, by public authorities and ECAs. And I see positive incentives for green projects, but also for the greening of projects and whole industries. So helping, for instance, the chemistry industry decarbonize its process of production is key. It wouldn't qualify as green in terms of the EU taxonomy, of course, um, but it's still something where we should put a lot of effort for ECAs to help the industry, um, I mean, to foster uh, the industry accelerating their efforts towards greener production processes. Um, Third effort that we are, uh, we are uh, working on quite heavily, I would say last but not least, is the fact that some industries are definitely not even brown, not even brown, but really black. Typically, I mean, the, the, the one we should concentrate on for the next few years is coal. As we know, I mean, the coal mining and coal industry is... Uh, the, the, the most uh, destructive you can imagine to, to climate change objectives. Um, there, um, I mean, France will want to be at the heart of a, a global coalition to speed up the effort to get out of coal financing. Um, as you know, in 2015, during the, 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 the negotiations for the Paris Agreement in the COP21, France um, actually committed at political level not to finance any coal-related project anymore, be it coal mining or coal power plants. Um, we stood to that, and last year, in the 2020 budget bill, Parliament voted to formally write in the law that such financing is prohibited. We've seen some movement from other ECAs, typically Boris Johnson on the UK part announced that kind of a, uh, a commitment uh, early early 2020, in January, I think. Um, we've seen quite a lot of other ECAs going that road. We know that some other countries in Asia are considering making some movement, but there is still a lot of financing worldwide going to such projects, which is an issue. Um, so we want to be part of this coalition and probably, um, I mean, I make the point at the OECD level that uh, the common disciplines should tackle this issue and should help get out of business uh, as the coal industry. Of course, this will be a phased effort and sometime in the longer future, uh, there will be efforts to be made to help get out of uh, the fossil fuels, but coal is really of the essence right now. We need to tackle the issue 
and there is absolutely no uh, excuse for complacency here. So I guess that, I mean, that with that sort of call to action, um, can you maybe share your thoughts about what you actually think will be the reality of a, of, of a post-crisis 2020 in, in terms of this, this agenda particularly? Um, yes, I mean, first, uh, I would say let's hope that there will be such a thing as a 2020 post-crisis, um, because, I mean, the way the pandemics just develop um, region after region, it will take quite a time. But, um, yeah, you're right, took apart. A uh, lot of industries will need a hand, a public hand also, getting out of the crisis, um, I was talking about the aircraft or cruise ship business. Uh, this is typically businesses where we will need probably to put more action and to have uh, more present uh, public authorities and uh, ECAs uh, in the business because there will need to be some more public money involved uh, in the recovery post-crisis. So to me, the post-crisis 2020 is a, a world where um, we don't stop uh, the public effort to help the economy weather the crisis, but it will still go on for a few years. Um, and talking about and talking about uh, what we we were uh, we were dealing with just before, so uh, environmental and social issues. Um, I would say, I mean, um, this, as I said, this hasn't gone away with the crisis, and it will go, it will come back. All the more, uh, all the more urgently uh, after the crisis. So I would say, the post-crisis 2020 world, we see it as a world where maybe, hopefully, um, the pandemics and the lessons it will have shown, which probably will be that such global issues can be dealt with only with global solution. So with uh, cooperation between uh, all major regions, um, it will help uh, foster uh, foster a coordinated answer to those questions. That's more of a, uh, maybe uh, a wish uh, than a prediction. But uh, I would say that from, uh, from the French government and French ECA point of view, um, it will be key that all major countries and all major ECAs act in as coordinated a manner as possible, be it on the question of recovery of the global economy, but also on the question of uh, climate change uh, and the environmental and sustainable. And I guess the, 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 the very fact that they've been able to coordinate very quickly on the response to, to, to issues like even just the marketable, non-marketable uh, non -marketable risks, that's, that's a good sign that, that there will be more cooperation going forward. Thank you very much indeed, Gabriel. That's very excellent and uh, look forward to speaking to you again. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Catherine.